of transcendent knowledge. Thus have I heard once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. And at the same time, Bhavadamakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, Bhagavata, Venerable Shariputra, said to Noble Abhavateshvara, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the Prajnaparamita, the son and daughter of noble family training, wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita, Addressed in this way, Mulabu Keshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of a noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita, should see in this way, seeing the five sandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shari Putra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shari Putra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, dhatu, up to no mind, dhatu, no dhatu, dharmas, no mind, consciousness, dhatu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. The Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi, and he said, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita, just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Abhugateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One.
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers. Adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon, I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. Oh, no. 
Tatlanadıcıbıtatlanadıcıbıtatlanma, so we are looking again at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, and specifically the section that deals with training the mind in the stage of the path shared in common with beings of small capacity. Uh, under that major heading, we find those three categories, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, the measure of an attitude of a person of small capacity, and then dispelling any misconceptions related to the person of small capacity. Under that first heading, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, there are two categories. First, developing the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives. And then second, relying on a means or a method for achieving happiness in one's next life. That particular category has uh, two uh, major headings under it. First, uh, refuge. Um, and then second, karma and its results. Uh, we've finished the section on refuge, and we're currently in the section on karma and its results. Uh, and that section has three categories, reflecting on karma and its uh, results in general, reflecting on karma and its results specifically, or the details of it, and then uh, what, how one engages in virtue and turns away from non-virtue after he or she has reflected on karma and its effects in general and specifically. Uh, so we've, uh, we're currently dealing with the third category of how you engage in virtue and turn away from non-virtue uh, after you have reflected in general and specifically. Sonne so the first, uh, this third heading says how you engage in virtue and turn away from non-virtue. So this is uh, um, showing one how he or she engages in the ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. So how to um, engage in those behaviors and then how to abandon those non-virtuous activities such as the ten non-virtues uh, or the ten, those ten misdeeds. So it's uh, directly related to um, practicing virtuous activities and abandoning non-virtuous activities and then specifically those ten uh, um, virtues and ten non-virtues. 
so now uh, we're dealing with uh, uh, this third section. And in the third section, we find two categories. First, the general explanation, uh, and then in particular, the way of purification through the four powers. So we're dealing first with the general explanation. And uh, in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, we find this as one major category. But if you look at Jayan Sheba's commentary on this text, we'll find there are eight categories listed within this one section. So we're going to go through those eight categories as we look at it at the section. <laughs> So we're on page 247 uh, in the English, uh, and we've gone through this a little bit already, but we're going to go back through it. So this, uh, um, we find now first uh, in the general explanation a quote from Shanti Devas engaging in the Bodhisattva deeds or the guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life. And this is where Jayan Sheva begins his first category. And this first category uh, deals with day and night thinking about uh, uh, the uh, Four Noble Truths 
uh, in the desire to be uh, free from suffering uh, so that one can then uh, develop a state of renunciation. Uh, so this is the first category. Uh, and uh, here, when we look at the, uh, the quote, it says, from non-virtue comes suffering. How can I truly be free of this? It is fitting that all times, day and night, I think of only this. So here, uh, this is referring to those first noble truths, the truth of suffering. So recognizing the, the negativities or the drawbacks of suffering itself, uh, and then the truth of origin, uh, <coughs> the desire to abandon the truth of origin, or be free from the truth of origin, which is the, which is the root of cyclic existence. So thinking about the truth of suffering and the truth of origin of suffering day and night uh, makes one's mind change, one's thinking change, and develop into a state uh, of, of uh, renunciation or a state in which that practitioner wishes to definitely emerge <coughs> from that cycle of existence. Decent. Decent. <laughs> For the sage has said that conviction is the root of all virtues and to constantly meditate on fruitional effects is the root of this conviction. Thus, having understood virtuous and non-virtuous karma and their effects, do not leave it as just an understanding, but meditate on it over and over because this is a very obscure subject and it is difficult to acquire certainty about. Uh, so here, uh, the point being made is, is that one needs to think over and over again about uh, black and white deeds uh, and then think about the various uh, results of action, to think about fruitional results, causally concordant results, environmental results, and then to think of the various divisions of karma, such as karma that one has done and karma that one has not done and so forth. Uh, so one needs to constantly think about these topics uh, in order for there to be a transformation of mind or a, a, an, an awareness of the realization that is renunciation. Uh, so in order for this desire to definitely emerge to actually come to fruition, uh, um, it's necessary to meditate over and over on the details of it. Because it's an extremely hidden phenomenon, uh, it's not one that one can easily, a topic that one can easily understand. Therefore, it re requires repeated an analysis in order for one to gain that conviction. Because Buddha is the only one who gave this presentation uh, um, of the suffering and the origin of suffering. Uh, and it's because 
the Buddha's omniscience that he is a or she is able to give this presentation. So because it can't be directly perceived by ourselves, it's necessary for us to think about it over and over again and, and arrive at this faith of conviction, uh, um, which is inference through belief. <laughs> Okay. So this, then we get to the second category in Jayan Sheva's text where he says that uh, karma and its results have only been presented uh, by Lord Buddha. Uh, so the only way that one can understand them is through uh, this, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha or the scriptures of Lord Buddha. Uh, so here we find a quote from the King of Concentration Sutra. Were the moon and the stars to fall from their place and the earth with its mountains and cities to perish, or the realm of the sky to completely transform, you, Buddha, still would not speak a word of untruth. Uh, so all of Buddha's speech can be taken uh, as truth. Uh, the Buddha's uh, um, words don't change with respect to the truth. Uh, so um, if one wishes to understand uh, the black uh, and, and uh, white actions and their results without error, it's necessary to rely on the truth that the Buddha has presented. Tonyo you 
Lena Sheba Meba Manjute Kana Tijin Debum Heba Shesh Shesum Bituji Gunde Zante Zante Tajin Tonki Yayushuins Shesum Sos, what is Mobatre Tony Landrevich I choose, what take a Tony Landrevich I choose then we use Tatuni Landrevich Kaji Sena Kaji Datuni Tony Tosun Zalakaji and Tony Lukwati Abachawamars, Lenil Savamars, Tony Tosun Zanan, Lenil Matsavaje, what Tenjevate, Tony Lukwashin Lutsun that is Tony Mone Tony Lukuden Mone Chabu Kuachavaina, Lendil and Kazagore Nabatsun Ungures, what Lendil Nabatsun Ungures, Tama to Tashid Marbatana to. ダンガソンガナセジドアイセダンガテポモンガラトゥネトバレナンジョワンガラトゥネトバレナンジョワンガラマテバラマトゥマレスダジアネトビタバラトゥトビタバラトゥネトバレトビタバラマトゥバラマ
The eye is uh, um, nominally designated on a collection uh, such as the five aggregates or the five elements. But there is no eye that is independent of that collection in which it's been designated on, uh, um, nor is it that collection. Uh, so we see that the, uh, the eye is merely uh, dependently origi originated based upon a collection that serves as the basis of designation for that eye. So once one sees this dependent origination, uh, then one sees emptiness. And once one sees this emptiness, then the understanding of karma and its results becomes a natural result. Uh, so this becomes the cause of the understanding and vice versa. So the dependent origination uh, is understood uh, when one understands emptiness. If someone states that he or she has realized emptiness, yet there isn't this understanding of cause and effect, then the understanding of emptiness isn't a real understanding of emptiness because one sees that dependent origination at the time of understanding um, emptiness. Uh, so it's necessary to have dependent origination in order for one to have emptiness. And it's necessary for one to have emptiness if one has dependent origination. Uh, so uh, these are points that are made here uh, and negations of the misunderstanding of emptiness. Tonight's <laughs> Nazi <laughs> So we've heard many times in Lama Tsongkhapa's three principal paths uh, the statement that uh, the lines that say who sees the inexorable causality of all things both of cycle life and liberation and destroys any sort of conviction of objectivity thereby enters the path pleasing to the victors. Appearance as inevitably relative and emptiness is free of all assertions as long as these are understood apart, the victor's intent is not yet known. But when they are simultaneous without alternation, the mere sight of inevitable uh, relativity becomes sure knowledge rid of objective habit patterns, and the investigation of the authentic view is complete. Uh, so here, this is speaking of seeing dependent origination when one sees emptiness, and seeing emptiness when one sees dependent origination. And it's very similar to the root wisdom text where Nagarjuna states that there is no phenomena that does not dependently originate, therefore there is no phenomena that uh, is free of emptiness or that is not empty, uh, and then uh, etc. Et uh, um, so uh, we find a very similar points made by Nagarjuna 
uh, in the Root Wisdom text as we do in Lama Tsongkhapa's Three Principal Paths and this great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. So all of these uh, examples, when we look at the quote from the King of Concentration Sutra, where it says like illusions, like bubbles, uh, it's very similar uh, um, uh, to this. We say the subject sprout uh, is uh, not truly established because it dependently originates. Uh, likewise, uh, like that sprout, illusions, bubbles, mirages, uh, and lightning, uh, and uh, 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 like the moon reflected in water, uh, are all uh, dependently originate, therefore they are empty. category, um, according to Jamyan Sheba, is uh, thinking all the time about karma and its results uh, and the points in their entirety. Uh, just a cursory or outside understanding of these things won't produce any kind of uh, realization. So this is the uh, next category. And it says, therefore, de uh, develop certain knowledge of dependent arising together with the causality of the two kinds of karma and examine your physical, verbal, and mental actions all day and night. By this means, you will put an end to miserable rebirths. However, if at the outset you are not versed in the classifications of cause and effect, understanding only a fragment of their depth and having a lax attitude with your physical, verbal, and mental actions, then you are merely opening the door to the miserable realms. For as the questions of the Naga kings of the ocean states, Lord of Nagas, a single practice of the Bodhisattva correctly puts a stop to rebirth in the miserable realms. 
What is this single practice? It is the discernment of what is virtuous. You must think, am I being true? How am I spending the day and the night? ก็จ๋อนาบีเลกินเดบตละดวาตอมมะตอลาตอนเนอนเนทาบะตอนซอจิกุนตุนิจิรบตานาบีเลกินเดบตละอันเนดุงเงตอนญวายตอนตุนต
so this is what it means, uh, the causality of the two kinds of karma. And examine your physical, verbal, and mental actions all day and night. Uh, so one should uh, um, examine their body, speech, and mind uh, all the time. Uh, and if one engages in a, any among, and, and try to engage in the ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, and if one engages in a non-virtuous activity, then he or she should engage in an acknowledgement of that downfall. Um, so here, uh, um, if one does this, uh, then uh, one can put an end to the lower realms of rebirth. However, if at the outset you are not versed in the classifications of cause and effect, understanding only a fragment of their depth and having a lax attitude with your physical, verbal, and mental actions. So if you engage in negativities uh, um, because of uh, um, not um, understanding uh, with your body, speech, and mind, uh, then you are not stopping rebirth in the lower realms of cyclic existence. You are opening the doors to rebirth and into the lower realms of cyclic existence. So uh, these are the points uh, that are made uh, in that section. And then it says, questions of the Naga kings of the ocean states, Lord of Nagas, a single practice of the Bodhisattva correctly puts a stop to rebirth in the miserable realms. What is this single practice? It is the discernment of what is virtuous. You must think, am I being true? How am I spending the day and night? So here, this is an examination of one's behavior, and one's mind, checking to see if one has engaged in uh, non-virtuous activity or engaged in the ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. And if one has engaged in non-virtuous activity, then it's necessary to acknowledge one's downfalls or confess those downfalls. Because by engaging the ethics which abandons the ten virtuous activities and then acknowledging downfalls when they do occur, one can put a stop to the lower realms of cyclic existence. Um, so uh, now we will look a little bit about uh, cause and effects. Um, uh, so when it says to uh, um, uh, be well versed in, uh, hold on one second, that it's negative to be not versed in the classifications of cause and effect. So here we're going to now go over um, some of the de definitions and divisions of cause and effect. Uh, so cause is defined as a producer. Uh, and then there are uh, five different kinds of cause. Uh, 
uh, direct cause, indirect cause, I'm sorry, four, I apologize, it was counting cause, uh, direct cause, indirect cause, substantial cause, and then cooperative condition. Uh, so these are the different categories of cause. Uh, and then result uh, or effect is defined as that which is produced. Uh, and then there are four kinds of effects or results. Direct effects, indirect effects, substantial effects, and cooperative effects. Uh, so when we look at cause and effect, uh, we can begin to use examples like a, a parent uh, and their offspring or their child. Uh, the parents are the child's cause because the child is that which is produced and the parents are the producer. So the parents categorically are a cause because they are the producer and the child is the result because the child is that which is produced. Uh, so when we look at a tree and the earth, um, uh, um, the, the tree, the sadan shin, shin. Sadan shin jigdo, shin jigdo, shin sal jigro. So we see that the earth gives rise to a tree, for instance. So the tree is that which is produced, and then the earth itself is the producer of that arisal. Uh, and then the same is also true for the mind that aspires to enlightenment. The mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, is a producer of, a producer of what? Uh, it is a producer of omniscience. Uh, so omniscience is that which is produced, uh, so it is necessarily an effect or a result, and what causes that effect or result uh, is the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, so this is what is meant by cause and effect, a producer and that which is produced. <laughs> So the subject virtue uh, causes happiness? Yes, the subject virtue causes happiness because it is a producer of happiness. So the subject virtue is a cause of happiness because it is a producer of happiness. And the Chief Miguel Laps Lapsun. So the subject um, non-virtue is the cause of suffering? Yes, the subject non-virtue is the cause of suffering because it is the producer of suffering. Is it the cause of the lower realms of cyclic existence? Yes, it is the cause of the lower realms of cyclic existence because it is the producer of the lower realms of cyclic existence. Yeah, 
Okay, so I asked Rinpoche if he wanted me to go through all of the definitions of these things. Uh, So he does. Um, So we're going to be able to look at, I think, look at them easier if we have the definitions. um, Because now Rinpoche is asking which categories they fall into. So, uh, So first, direct cause is defined as a direct producer. Indirect cause is defined as an indirect producer. Substantial cause is defined as a main producer which is of the type which continues to the substantial effect. And then the cooperative condition is defined as a main producer which is not of the type which continues to its cooperative effect. Uh, So these are the definitions. I'll run through the definitions of result also. Um, So result, uh, that which is produced. Direct result is defined as that which is directly produced. Indirect result is defined as that which is produced indirectly. Uh, Substantial result is defined as the main thing produced, which is of the type which continues to its substantial uh, uh, effect. That's got to be incorrect. Of the type which continues to its substantial effect. Is of the type which continues from its substantial result. I'll have to look that up. I think I wrote down something wrong there. I don't have my uh, logic primer with me, so I can't look it up, but I believe it should say the main thing produced which is of the type which continues from its substantial cause. Uh, But I'll have to look that up um, because it would be redundant to say continues to its substantial effect. Uh, And then cooperative effect uh, is that which is produced which is not of the type which continues uh, uh, from its cooperative uh, result. Um, so these are the definitions of the various causes and results. There are four types of causes, uh, four types of result. So when we uh, use the, the subject um, uh, non-virtue, uh, and for instance the, the ten non-virtuous activities uh, being a cause of the lower realms of cyclic existence, uh, then what type of cause would we say that that is? When we look at, for instance, a field, Uh, and rice that is planted in a field. That field becomes the cause of that rice's arisal, but what kind of cause is it? Is it a substantial cause? Uh, It can't be a substantial cause because it's not a main producer, which is of the type which continues to the substantial effect. So the the earth is not of the type of its result, Uh, so it can't be a substantial uh, cause. So what we find it to be is a cooperative condition. Uh, it is a main producer which is not of the type which continues to its cooperative effect. So it's a main producer of the result, but it's not of the type of the result. Uh, so this is what we would consider uh, a field uh, to be. And then when we look at, for instance, the seed itself and the planter, itself, the, the seed itself that has been planted by a planter, 
that is a substantial cause because it is a main producer which is of the type which continues to the substantial effect. So that seed itself is of the type that continues on to its result. For instance, a tree uh, or, or a sprout of some sort of vegetable or some kind of a sprout. Um, so this seed is within that type, within that continuum, whereas the earth is something separate. So the earth being cooperative condition, the seed being the substantial cause itself. This sopun the mujuyen what the shingal de tauro are shingal de taujule tan de de ginyogu So the actual seed itself that gives rise very closely to that sprout uh, is its direct cause. Uh, an uh, indirect cause could be something which is a cause of it that is further away than that. So for instance, Rinpoche said, uh, if you had some uh, rice that blew out of your house uh, and then, you know, then it became the cause of it later becoming an arisal of a rice plant, then this would be a, an example of an indirect cause. Um, uh, but the Direct cause is that which the sprout comes right out of, the seed that the sprout comes right out of. Uh, so this is what the direct cause of uh, that sprout is. The, um, so indirect cause would be, uh, um, Rinpoche said, the, something that's further away that then causes it to later happen. <laughs> So, when we look at a, a child being born and its parents, for instance, its parents uh, are not the substantial cause because the child itself that is in the womb is not the father, uh, nor is it the mother. 
um, the, uh, um, this becomes the cooperative condition. The parents become the cooperative condition. Uh, the substantial cause becomes the bardo, or the intermediate state um, being. So the substantial cause of the um, child conception being con the conceived child in the stomach is the intermediate state being uh, that is that same continuum. Uh, so this would be the substantial cause. That diba magol then but the new one double jiba yina, new one diba magol then new one jiba yina, and then what the new one but the diba magin devro, diba magol was new one by Jurua, Jurua, Jure, Nelejo Aimai, Hedges is in Lahulua, Nelejo Maiko, Magote, new one but the Rego Marwa, new one but the man, new one machine and Gazate, new one but in Marwa. Then the the Nyelenju, the Nyawaba, Nyelenju. Diva Sakin, Diva Sakin, Gazate, Nyobarin Marva, the Nyelemarva, Dig to the Marva. Diva Sakin. So then, when we look at the ten non virtuous activities being a cause for the lower realms of cyclic existence, uh, we say uh, that those non virtues uh, are, are not the cause of the being in the hell realm. Uh, are not the substantial cause of the being in the hell realm. They are the cooperative condition of the being in the hell realm. The substantial cause of the being in the hell realm is the being who accumulated the non-virtue. So the being who accumulated the non-virtue is the substantial cause of the being in the hell realm. The actual non-virtue itself is the cooperative condition. The migewa ju the 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 lanchi jian. So when we're thinking of cause and result then about virtuous activities, the virtuous activities themselves become the cooperative conditions for the higher realms of cyclic existence of the gods, humans, and demigods. Uh, the substantial cause of the beings of, in the higher realms of cyclic existence uh, is uh, the virtue, the person who engaged in the virtue or the being who accumulated the virtue. The being who accumulated the virtue becomes the substantial cause for uh, the higher realm being, whereas the virtue itself is a cooperative condition in that process. So we'll take a short break and we'll be back. Okay. <laughs> So one doubt now uh, will, can arise when we think of this. I'm sorry. Um, when you uh, think of the different realms of cyclic existence, you have the desire realm and the form realm and the formless realm. Uh, 
so then we have to question then, since the formless realm has no form, what becomes its substantial cause? Uh, if there is a, a being that is form, uh, then does form become the substantial cause for a formless realm being? So this is a doubt that arises when we look at cause and effect. Okay. Okay, I see. Okay. So then another doubt arises also when we look at, for instance, a being uh, um, who's uh, in the desire realm and then goes to the uh, intermediate state. Uh, and in the intermediate state, it's stated that all of the sense powers are present. Uh, so if in the intermediate state a being has, uh, for instance, the eye sense powers and the other sense powers, uh, then what then do these give rise to if the next phase of existence is a formless realm existence because the sense powers are not present in a formless realm existence. Uh, so then the question is, what is that continuum? Uh, and then the, uh, is it within its continuum able to produce this and this is why it is present as a formless realm? Uh, or uh, so these are the, the questions that come up these are the doubts that arise uh, because there was a uh, sense power and then in the intermediate state it's stated that there are fully, fully uh, functional sense powers so then this formless realm being uh, what becomes the, the uh, substantial cause uh, for it uh, at that point I'm <laughs> So then also in the tantric path, if we look at the light body uh, that is produced, and then we ask, what is the substantial cause of this light body? Uh, then this also becomes a question we have to think about. What do you think about the mother? 
so then uh, in the tantric paths, I'm going to have to table this because I don't want to translate it improperly, but in the tantric path, what becomes the uh, substantial cause uh, for these uh, um, various levels of julu? Uh, um, uh, it's the stage before clear light. Uh, so the, it's the stage before clear light that is in question here. Well, I have to just look it up. I'm sorry, I don't want to mistranslate it. Uh, what becomes the substantial cause for that? There is uh, um, um, non. Uh, there are levels of that where the afflictive obstructions haven't been removed, and then there are levels of it which the afflictive obstructions have been removed. Uh, and then what becomes the substantial cause for that level? Of realization, so I'll, I will look it up next time. For next time. What the song do about Gigi that the Zulu would you look at the Nilens was and the Saint that the previous a Jabach Lun to what the Lays Saint that the previous a Langeroa, the Jabach Lun Juarez, Lun to what the Julumundo was. So then the Guya Samaja and the Yamantaka Tantras, uh, when we ask what is the substantial cause of this, we find that it is the wind itself uh, which gives rise to this as its substantial cause. In the Kala Chakra tradition, we find a different pronouncement that's uh, being made about what the substantial cause of that is. Uh, and it, it is, so we have a doubt that arises because we find uh, two differing uh, points that are made. And again, I apologize, I don't have that one detail, which is uh, so when we look at the divisions of cause, we find that there are four. Direct cause, indirect cause, substantial cause, and uh, um, cooperative condition. Uh, so we need to know what all of these mean. Lugitibat so 
so then it says, uh, therefore develop certain knowledge of dependent arising together with the causality of the two kinds of karma and examine your physical, mental, uh, physical, verbal, and mental actions all day and all night. And by this means, you will put an end to miserable rebirths. However, at the outset, uh, you are, if at the outset you are not versed in the classifications of cause and effect, understanding only a fragment of their depth and having a lax attitude with your physical, verbal, and mental actions, then you are merely open, throwing open the door to the miserable realms. For as the questions of the Naga kings of the ocean states, Lord of the Nagas, a single practice of the Bodhisattva correctly puts a stop to rebirth in the miserable realms. What is this single practice? It is the discernment of what is virtuous. You must think, am I being true? How am I spending uh, the day and night? So here, uh, this is uh, one examining his or her behaviors uh, and related to the ten non-virtuous activities uh, in asking oneself, am I engaging in the ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities? Uh, if I am not, and if I am engaging in non-virtuous activity, then I must acknowledge these downfalls, engage in confession of these downfalls. Because it is non-virtuous activities which are the door to the lower realms of cyclic existence, uh, it's necessary to abandon those behaviors, engage in those virtuous <coughs> Uh, and by doing so, we can close the doors to the lower realms of cyclic existence. Sejigi 
So now we move on to category number five. When the former gurus in this lineage had examined their minds in that way, they said, so number five is examining one's mind. Uh, so this means first one needs to study very well. Look at all of the books that have the points of, about what black actions and white actions and their results are. Uh, so once one understands very well what black actions and their results are, uh, then it's possible to examine one's mind to see if one is moving towards non-virtuous activities, or black activities, or moving towards white activities, or virtuous activities. So by having the knowledge of what they are, one is able to use that knowledge and the books uh, to examine their own mind. Uh, so then it is compared to a mirror, using these texts as a mirror to check whether or not we are engaging in the appropriate behaviors or not. Uh, so when we look at the... Um, Maitreya's ornament for clear realization. We look at what that word ornament means. Uh, there are three different kinds of ornaments. There are the natural ornaments, there are clarifying ornaments, and then there are beautifying ornaments. So the natural ornaments, when we look at what that category means according to Maitreya's ornament for clear realization, are the actual Perfection of Wisdom Sutras, the 100,000 verse Perfection of Wisdom Sutras, the 20,000 verse, the 8,000 verse, and the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Uh, the actual clarifying ornament is the text itself, um, because the text itself allows one to uh, use it as a mirror to understand uh, all of these uh, different points that are made in the 100,000 verse uh, and so forth, uh, Perfection of Wisdom Sutra. Uh, uh, and so it's like a clarification. It allows you to understand these points that are made. So it's a clarifying ornament. So this clarification, Rinpoche is saying, is very similar to what we're speaking of here, that the texts allow us to do to clarify what, what is virtue, what is non-virtue, and then behave accordingly. Accordingly. And then the beautifying ornaments are referring to the eight chapters 
that are found within the um, ornament for clear realization. Because just like uh, um, uh, jewelry that you put on that beautify uh, the actual hands or ears, uh, these eight chapters make the text itself or the perfection of understanding of the perfection of wisdom very beautiful. So they are like the ornaments on. Uh, on, of the perfection of wisdom, uh, each of these chapters. They beautify the, the points that are made. So we have natural ornaments, uh, which are the actual root text, 100,000 verse, 20,000 verse, 8,000 verse, and uh, the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Then we have the clarifying ornament, which is uh, um, like a mirror, uh, which is the actual text itself. Uh, and then the beautifying ornaments, uh, which are the, the eight chapters of the Abhisama Alamkara. Uh, so it's, it's similar to this. So once we have the understanding based on accurate uh, texts and accurate understanding, then we're able to examine our minds. So this is the fifth uh, category for Jamyan Sheba, that examination of the mind. ジュラタチュドラリチャマテレドワ。あ、ジェバチェソンシェソンビシャロソバテ、ジェバチェ。タンガバテンマ、テタルジュラタバナス、テタルジュラタバナ、ソソギセンジュテ、ネディバタンテ
那个是双节的对呢,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,那个是双节的对吧,
शिवा शेषों बेस माता ना चुला ना ये चुला चुला शे सोजी सों सों सोस चुला ना ये आ चुला शे सोजी सों वंसा तंदे ची देते जापन तो चुला शे सों सोजी शे सोजी ताकते सुसुग जीता चुनी तुम दो मुझे ताजी चेकुलेस तो ना तो उधर तेरे को समझ रहा है ना चिकुलों तो ना चुला शेष शंद बच्चे ताजीरों शे उधर कांसा लोगों को रखांसा कांसा दे चुनो तुम दो मुझे ताजी चेकुलेस at the very least, understand what is being was said with regard to teachings and examine yourself accordingly. So in the Tibetan, the words are really hard. Um, in the English, it's translated properly, um, but the Tibetan, the words are really hard. So the Rinpoche is saying the meaning is, is uh, once you understand uh, the points that are made in the great texts, then use those points that are being made to serve as a, a, a mirror, or to use them to understand the way in which you should behave. Uh, um, so that's the point that's being made here, so that you can engage in virtuous activities and abandon non-virtuous activities. Chula ตัวนั้นตัวบอกตัวเสียสิตัวกัดตัวเลยอันเดียบนั่นมันเดี๋ยวเสียมันตัวมันเจ็บมันตัวเดียวเสียสิอันเนี่ยเสียเสียทุก
So here we have Potawa, who is going to quote from uh, the Garland of Birth, birth Stories, the Jerup, uh, which was written by Ashvagosha, um, uh, uh, Bawu. Uh, so uh, here um, we find these points that are made about the examination of one's mind. So so Aryadeva engaged in a debate with uh, um, this master Ashvagosha and defeated him. So he wrote the, wrote the garland of birth yeah. stories. So <coughs> Chu Also, Potawa, who quotes this teaching as seen in the Garland of Birth Stories, asserts that you must examine your mind. As it says in the Garland of Birth Stories, from the sky to the earth is a long way. 
From the distant shore of the ocean to the closest edge is also a long way. From the mountains of the east to the mountains of the west is an even longer way. But from the ordinary person to the sublime teaching is yet uh, is longer yet than that. This verse says that a great gulf exists between us ordinary people and the teaching. This verse is a teaching that the gift-bearing Brahmin Sa Subasita. Subhasita explained to the Bodhisattva Prince uh, Khandra after the prince had offered uh, 1,000 gold coins to him. Moreover, uh, Tulungwa said, uh, if somebody who knew how to examine our mind stream were to do so, that person would soon find something that had gone quite far from the teaching, like sending a ball of thread down a steep incline. Uh, so here, uh, ordinary beings who do not examine their minds uh, to see uh, how they are engaging, are they engaging in virtue or non-virtuous activities, are a very long way from the Dharma. So ordinary beings are far from the true Dharma uh, because of this. Um, so the points that are being made here uh, is that one has to uh, examine the mind uh, in order to know if one is behaving in, concord in uh, uh, accordance with the Dharma or if one's behavior is concordant with the Dharma. So a mind that is not uh, examined is a mind not in concordance with the Dharma. And a mind that is not in concordance with the Dharma is a mind that is long way away from the Dharma. Uh, therefore, it's like sending a ball of thread down a steep incline, that it just keeps going and going and going very far. So that's an example of how far away one is from the teaching, from the Dharma, if there is not an examination of the mind taking place. So one needs to look to see if one's mind uh, and the Dharma are in concordance all the time. One's always checking this. Then Drupa. Drupa so number six, uh, number six is once you have, uh, number six category is once you have reflected very well on black actions and their results and white actions and their results and the ten non-virtuous activities and ten virtues, uh, then one will uh, turn away uh, from wrongdoing. One will be able to eradicate wrongdoing. Uh, so this is number six, uh, how one gets rid of wrongdoing by way of this understanding. Um, so uh, furthermore, how you turn away from wrongdoing once you have reflected in this way is stated in the chapter of the truth speaker. <laughs> Then 
Furthermore, how do you turn away from wrongdoing once you've reflected in this way as stated in the chapter of the truth speaker, which is a sutra? O king, do not kill. So he's here is stating that for the king to not engage in killing. Life is very dear to all beings. Beings life uh, um, is important to them, very, very uh, important to them. Hence, they want to maintain their lives for a long time. So think not of killing even from the depths of your mind. So one should think about the act of abandoning killing at all times and not think even in the very, very back of his or her mind about doing so. So there shouldn't even be the smallest thought of, of engaging in killing. And one should be reflecting on, uh, on the abandonment of it. Uh, to not uh, harm any beings. Apply this attitude of restraint toward the ten non-virtuous actions as well as the misdeeds previously explained. Do so without even giving rise to the motivating thoughts. Become accustomed to this attitude and use it frequently. If you do not reject wrongdoing this way, you will experience suffering. No matter where you go, you will not be free from it. What the truba, the truba. So this is number six. Tatane, what the... Uh Deba Mogojubana Chala Chala Komakuba Yina Kuchala Gabajin Komakuru da Chala Komakun Chala Rasuna and the Watukusen Gabajin Gomarba 
so the next category Jayan Sheba deals with is that uh, not aiming for happiness in the short term that causes long-term negativity or suffering. Um, so the point here is that if you look at the various non-virtuous activities, the ten non-virtues, uh, for instance, if one engaged in killing and really wanted to kill, there could be a feeling of happiness after the completion. Like you finally settled the score, you've finally done what you intended to do. Uh, but this activity is this short-term happiness because you will be happy for that time, but this act action will bring about an immense amount of suffering in the future. Uh, likewise, if you engage in sexual misconduct, it might make you happy at that time while you are engaging in the sexual misconduct, but it will have very bad results later on. And then stealing. You have a, an item that you see that you really desire, you really want to have. So then you steal that item, and once it's in your possession, you feel really good that you have that item. That happiness is not the aimed at happiness because that happiness is accumulated uh, by something. That happiness came about by something that will cause an immense amount of suffering uh, in the future. Um, so uh, the point made here is, is that um, there are, don't engage in actions that give you the short-term benefit. Look at their long-term results. This is Diva Mogo Chutu Saba in a negle Dungetchi Name Namen 
Chibi Kanamato said, Sanji Chibi Onki, Neva. What did Raji Kanamati Neva Meva, Chibi Kanamati, Neva Mebe, Negawada Dawayuake, what did you do with Longeva Lenane, Shower Rites, what did Tabi Kanamato Mebe, and the Dawalas over to Tunju, led to Goleabo Saures. Therefore, it is not sensible to engage in actions that seem to bring happiness in the short term, yet have effects you must endure with tears covering your face. On the other hand, it is sensible to engage in actions that give you faultless happiness and delight when you experience the ripening of their effects. Uh, so when we uh, engage in these not, ten non-virtuous actions that may give us some sort of happiness in the short term, they give rise to a large amount of suffering in the future for us. Uh, so we shouldn't look at this short-term happiness. We should look at those actions that were presented that are those actions that are in common and uncommon and then behave according to whatever category we are in. We have those householder actions uh, that are common uh, such as abandoning the ten non-virtuous activities, but then we have the ordained uh, um, behaviors that are, are ordained um, that um, vows uh, that one has to engage in that are not in common. Uh, so we have to engage in those kinds of behaviors, uh, such as abandoning the ten non-virtues and abandoning what is prescribed in the more uncommon things, uh, in order for us to have this long-term happiness that is an unhappiness that will. Uh, give rise. It isn't a happiness that uh, it, the causes of give rise to an immense amount of suffering in the future. Uh, so we should be striving for that which is concordant uh, so we can experience the ripening effects of happiness that we want instead of the ripening effects of non, of non, uh, uh, the ripening effects of virtue which are happiness instead of the ripening effects of non-virtue which are suffering. That's it. Uh, so we will uh, do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayers. And I'll find out about that, the tantric stuff that was presented, because um, I'm very curious and I'll be able to, if anybody's interested next week, explain it. And if Rinpoche wants me to retranslate it, I will, because I definitely um, wasn't certain about that section. Comparing the highest yoga tantra lineages is very, very difficult and not within my skill set at this point. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I the virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. 
In that pure land, surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until some sorrows end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensu Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Ramachi Gutsu Shapi Dano Lang. That's a Lamrim Chemo Kamachi Ramachi.